Hi, and welcome to Filled with His Love. So, okay, you probably noticed that I'm not a young guy. In December, I will turn 77. One day, when I was in a meeting with President Nelson, I calculated that he was old enough to be my father. And he's still old enough to be my father. That's astounding to me. He recently turned 99. So he's 22 and a half years older than I am, about the same age I was when we had our first child. So I began thinking of him and the other leaders of our church when I saw an article on ageism. The title of the article is How to Become an Ageless Wonder. The author is Bruce Wilson, a psychologist who has practiced in Australia and New Zealand. Here's a quote from that article. Quote, Dr. Kay Patterson of the Australian Human Rights Commission has found most Australians, 90%, agree ageism exists in Australia, with 83% agreeing ageism is a problem and 65% saying it affects people of all ages. End quote. So, well, let me just tell you, I think if Australia has ageism, we have ageism in the States. We sometimes undersell people who are older, discount them, think they are kind of over the hill and unable to contribute anymore. It really happens. It happens, I think, within the church and outside the church. So here's another part of the quote. Quote, ageism is arguably the least understood form of discriminatory prejudice with evidence suggesting it is more pervasive and socially accepted than sexism or racism. End quote. So I've only experienced what I would say ageism maybe just one time that I can remember, and it was a very strange circumstance. But I actually looked back at the person and I said, so are you saying that you have decided that because I'm older, question mark? It was kind of a strange moment. I was in front of a number of people, and uh, the person that was kind of accusing me of something was really basing it totally on age. And that was actually um, ageism, pure and simple. So are we missing out as a society on something important when we discount a whole group of people? The article goes on, we are learning these truths more and more with sexism and racism, but not, as it seems, with ageism. So I'm continuing to quote, why is this the case? Does this mindset need to change? We are, after all, an aging society. Let's consider some contemporary ageless wonders. The following are drawn from one broad domain only. So one, he's just picking out TV and film personalities. But because they are public figures, their stories are relatively well known. So he goes on and he selects, I won't mention them, but you would know them all. They're entertainers and um, show producers, TV producers, people that we recognize. He cites their accomplishments, many of which we would all know. But, but no one he cites is anywhere near as impressive to me as the leaders of our church. We have never had a higher average age of the Quorum of the Twelve than we have now. President Oaks, for example, just turned 91, and I saw him climbing up the stairs to attend the BYU opening football game. He's still very active and obviously at the podium, extremely articulate and inspiring. So, 
Now, I realize that genes are a contributing factor. Not everyone can be as active as President Nelson or President Oaks in their 90s. And it's not our chronological age, actually, in the end, that matters much at all. It's how we live our lives. But here's what the author of the article, Bruce Wilson, goes on to say about the most important ageless wonder factor. He says, quote, cognitive and emotional intelligence are also important. However, it is our motivational intelligence that does the doing. I kind of like this quote, because what, what he's really saying is, we all know what emotional intelligence is. This is kind of the ability that we have to get along socially and understand ourselves emotionally and others emotionally. And IQ, of course, is the capacity we have intellectually. So we don't talk much about motivational intelligence, but I like the concept. We could all ask ourselves, how motivated am I right now to do this or that? Is my motivation high? If not, why not? And what would I need to do to increase my motivation? Here's a quote I saw recently, giving up on life can actually lead to death in less than a month. Oh, <laughs> this, is, this is a tough idea. In other words, when we lose motivation to live, we can die. Motivation counts. It counts a lot. So Bruce Wilson, the author, continues, Our motivational intelligence is our engine that provides our movement. Whether you believe thoughts precede feelings or feelings precede thoughts, we know that action is the bottom line. Motivation is our movement and our action. Without our motivation, there is no movement. What is different about our ageless wonders? How are they wired compared to the rest of us? They take action. Their motivational intelligence is fine-tuned. They seek and find new stimulation and new passions. They are not deterred by what others think they can do or cannot do. They decide what they want to do, and they do it. Okay, now let's go back and let's consider our church leaders. They act, certainly. They create. They know what they've been called to do, and they do it. Having worked closely with them, I can attest to their energy, their commitment, and their incredible desire to accomplish what the Lord has called them to do. It's impressive that when President Nelson was called as prophet, he was still skiing. But his physical activity is not his most impressive accomplishment. He leads a church of 17 million people. He travels to dedicate temples. He stands at the podium and delivers inspired addresses. Motivation? Do we need to ask if he's motivated? His wife has described how motivated he is, for example, to receive revelation. Yes, he's motivated, as are his colleagues in the Twelve. So here's the question, and it's not an easy one. Can we experience the same type of motivation that President Nelson possesses? Or do we need to have a calling like his, something more important, more noted, more public? My mind goes back to President Hinckley's comment that he made a number of years ago. Quote, your, your obligation is as serious in your sphere of responsibility as is my obligation in my sphere. No calling in this church is small or of little consequence. All of us in the pursuit of our duty, touch the lives of others. To each of us in our respective responsibilities, the Lord has said, Wherefore, be faithful, stand in the office which I have appointed unto you, succor the weak, lift up the hands which hang down, and strengthen the feeble knees. 
end quote. I remember when I heard President Hinckley say this, I thought, well, pretty much no one actually believes that. No one believes that what they're doing in their life is as important as what President Hinckley is doing as a prophet and president of the church. His actions affect millions. My actions affect so few, we might say to ourselves. But he was trying to teach us that it is not about the number of people we influence for good. Influencing anyone for good is the goal. Lifting one person is a personal achievement. And this does not only apply to callings. It applies to everything in our lives, our family responsibilities, our career, everything. The minute we think we are unimportant, not needed or ineffective, our motivation evaporates. Why act, we might say to ourselves, if our actions make no difference to anyone? I admit that the notion of motivational intelligence is new to me. I've researched it, and it hasn't been around that long, actually. It's been popularized primarily by the business sector, where people are trying to motivate employees to do their best to achieve company goals. So let me offer two definitions of motivational intelligence that I think are worth considering. These are ones I found in the literature that I, that I quite like. First definition, quote, motivational intelligence is the capacity to inspire oneself and others to accomplish a shared objective, quote. Okay, you can see how this definition could apply to the billion-dollar corporation, or it could apply to your family. Parents often ask themselves, how can I motivate my children to do what they should do? And more importantly, how can I help them motivate themselves without any prodding or encouragement from me? I think every parent has asked themselves these questions. This definition applies to all of us. How can I motivate myself to achieve what God wants me to achieve in this life? Okay, second definition Quote, motivational intelligence, a person's ability to identify and manage negative thoughts and self-limiting beliefs in order to overcome obstacles and accomplish goals, end quote. I like this definition a lot. The idea of motivational intelligence is based on a behavioral economics theory called prospect theory, which I will not go into very much in this podcast. But the theory sometimes is called loss aversion theory. And those who develop the theory show how people often make decisions that are not totally rational because the thought of losing something is much more fearsome than the positive feeling one gets from a gain. This has so much to do with negative chatter or negative self-talk, which I've mentioned often in this podcast. It's human nature to fear the negative outcome. That fear can cause paralysis, and we keep telling ourselves, I'm going to fail, I'm not going to do well. That fear can stop us from trying. It can kill our motivation to achieve what we need to achieve. Okay, so now back to President Nelson again. As we have observed him in his calling as prophet, do we think he has an exceptionally high level of motivational intelligence? He has to face every day, I'm sure, some difficult, sometimes very negative things that require his input. Does he let those things stop him from doing his part to move the work of the Lord forward? I do not believe so. Does he have an exceptionally great ability to inspire oneself, quote, and others to accomplish a shared objective? Oh, I believe he does. He far exceeds the requirements of that first definition, to inspire oneself and others to accomplish a shared objective. 
What about the second definition? Does he have an impressive, quote, ability to identify and manage negative thoughts and self-limiting beliefs in order to overcome obstacles and accomplish goals? I think we would all agree, yes, he does have this exceptional ability. So if our responsibilities in our sphere of influence are as important as President Nelson's, as President Hinckley taught, how do we measure up on the first definition? Do we inspire ourselves and others to achieve the desired objective? And how about the second definition? Do we eliminate negative thoughts and self-limiting beliefs in order to overcome obstacles and accomplish our goal? Hard questions, actually, I think these are. And the ultimate point of this podcast is that it does not matter what stage of life we're in, whether we're a youth, a young single adult, married with children, or 99 years old, like President Nelson. We can overcome obstacles and magnify the calling that God has given us. And I'm speaking very broadly here about calling. I don't think it needs to be a formal calling that comes from the bishop or stake president, but simply what we know we were put on earth to do. And if we're not sure what we were put on earth to do, then we need to really pursue that in prayer and find out what the Lord would have us do right now, right here on earth. We can have a high motivational intelligence. We can have faith that we need to do what we need to do here in mortality. And the reason I believe that so strongly is because I know that we can be strengthened by God's grace to do whatever he asks of us. His grace is sufficient. We may not feel sufficient ourselves at times, but his grace can help us become sufficient. He can help us become what the author of that article called an ageless wonder. We can do what he wants us to do at whatever stage of life we're in, young or old. I firmly believe that. Yes, President Nelson is an ageless wonder, but I believe we can all become ageless wonders through the power of God's grace. I hope this is helpful, and we look forward to seeing you next time.